Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz, and I am so excited that you're joining us today. We believe that healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, uh, on a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we hope that our time today inspires you to breathe life into your world with your communication. Well, hey, before we jump into this uh, incredible conversation with an amazing guest today, I just wanna make sure you knew about an incredible uh, support group that's available for you. Where do you turn for help, support, encouragement, uh, to share creative ideas about your communication, your leadership? Well, this is why we created this Speak With People community group on Facebook. It's a growing, fun, and supportive community where leaders come together and we curate ideas, we throw in different podcasts and leadership talks, and we all talk about it. And it's just an incredible time to invest in our communication. So head to facebook.com slash groups slash speak with people and join us today. Well, today I'm excited because we are jumping into a podcast all about uh, leading, uh, authenticity, our identity as leaders. And I don't know where you turn to, to figure out those type of things. Where do you go to, to figure out, you know, which leadership model you, you know, uh, follow how you've been able to figure that out. And so today though, we're going to talk with a great author, a great leadership coach who's written an incredible book. And we're going to try to discover how important authenticity and identity is to our leadership and why we should do everything we can to be an authentic leader. Because the healthier we are as leaders, the healthier our communication is. So I'm joined by Damian Gerke. He's an expert in leadership and personal development. Um, I'm so excited for him to share his wisdom and to be able to ask some of these interview questions. He's a leadership coach and author. I'm, I'm going to stop there because I want to be able to give him uh, some of the some of the time to explain who he is. But Damien, thank you so much for being on the Speak With People podcast. Oh, Jason, it's a privilege to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love kind of our journey because we met at a, a Chamber of Commerce event and you know, we kind of struck up that friendship and uh, it was great. And then we turned out we had a, a mutual friend uh, and uh, that mutual friend actually uh, a couple of months ago, he texted me and he's like, you've got to have Damien on your podcast. Uh, so it's just been great getting to know you. And I'm so excited for your book launch and excited to tell our listeners about it. So could you spend just a minute, uh, you know, tell everybody, uh, you know, let them get to know you, your story, who you are, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so I started out my career, I've, I've had a pretty diverse career. Um, I started out as an aerospace engineer, a design engineer, and uh, worked most of that time. I did that for 10 or 11 years, worked on the B-2 stealth bomber, which wow. was pretty cool. It was a boyhood dream, you know, right out of college to be able to work on something like a black project. I couldn't tell anybody about it. It was, <laughs> it was pretty heady stuff. Wow. So enjoyed that. Really, it was very fulfilling. But toward the end of that time, really began to realize as much as I enjoyed engineering and, and aerospace, I was really made to to work with people, mm. interact with people. And and so it was a relational side that is is really in, in my gift wheelhouse. So made a hard right turn career-wise, went to seminary, and um, then from there went into vocational ministry wow. as a pastor for 15 years. Toward the end of that time, I really began to 
reflect on just what my role was and, and what was I finding that was really fulfilling and rewarding and where did I feel like I was adding value. And I realized that the, the most significant times for me were the times I was able to walk with people. Mm. It, w- it was not the ministry aspects like up on stage or anything like that as much as it was being able to sit with people who were going through life issues, major transition, yep. uh, significant decisions, and and just being a sounding board was really uh, fulfilling for me. And, and I realized there's an actual profession called coaching, and there's an actual uh, way to do that and a way not to do that. There's competencies, you know, for this. And so I got trained as a coach and transitioned out of ministry, and, and I wanted to do some writing as well. So started out uh, doing some writing and then coaching and eventually uh, got that led to a, a corporate uh, HR role, being a learning and development manager, mm. uh, helping a company, a sizable log- logistics company, uh, do all their leadership development, uh, the performance management, things like that. Wow. So did that for a while until I, I really got the coaching bug again. I I I just found that I was doing too much um, corporate stuff and not enough uh, interaction. And so mm. I transitioned out of that and had, again, a couple of books that I was just not able to give the attention to. I had, I had written one book during that time, and it was just a real struggle to try to do a full-time job and commute and write a book at the same yeah. time. So started doing that. I've been coaching... Uh, really been coaching since 2008, uh, but have been coaching most recently and and focusing on writing and coaching since 2019. Wow. Wow. That's exciting. And your latest book just came out, Are You Who You Want to Be? And so kind of give us like the, you know, the, the, the snapshot on that. What is that all about? Yeah. Well, as, as the, the title probably gives away, it's about identity. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> the, um, the long and short of it is that we, it, it's part of the human condition that we all are longing, we're searching for an identity and we're not even sure that mm. that that identity is what we're searching for. And so we try to fill up the identity bucket with everything that life has to offer, mm. wealth, riches, power, relationships, experiences, some, you know, sometimes dysfunctionally drugs or alcohol or, you know, other, other more destructive things. But while some of these things may be fulfilling, they don't, they don't quite fill the bucket Mm. or they, they might give us an appearance of it being full, but they don't last over time. It doesn't sustain. And in fact, it only makes our longing for identity even more desperate. And so for me, this is a, it's really a, narrative nonfiction on my own journey, <laughs> having gone through those career changes and and just realizing uh, a lot of what I was searching for was identity and I didn't didn't realize it. So I use a lot of stories, both from my life as well as other people's lives wow. to to demonstrate how we go about one dysfunctionally, how we go about searching for that identity ineffectively and the damage and and really pain that it can cause and then the what i believe is the solution 
to that and the, the right way to search for identity. Wow. Wow. Well, normally I hold up a copy for our audience to see, and uh, it was great to be able to go to Amazon and see that it was out of stock. So hopefully that's a good thing and more will be coming in. And once I do, we'll get those and we'll uh, be doing our giveaways mm -hmm. in the, the Facebook community group. But as we kind of jump into this kind of you know topic of leadership and yeah. leading with authenticity, you know, the word authenticity is thrown around a lot. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, what do you what do you think? How, how do you personally define it? How, how does it relate to the idea of becoming who you want to be as a leader? How do I define authenticity? Yeah. So the, the premise that I make in the book or one of the premises I make in the book is that every single one of us is unique. Mm. So in, in your case, you're the only Jason rates that will ever exist in human history. Mm. And you live in a space and time in which you have the opportunity to influence your world, to, to connect with your environment, to connect with other people and influence your world in a positive way. Hmm. And so if, if we can, one, just embrace that, it allows you to be us, you know, to be hmm. authentically us. And most of the time when I, when I, this is, this is no joke. When I say, okay, Bob, you're the only Bob that will ever exist in human history. Probably 60, 70% of the time, you know, the response I get, wow, you know, that's good. Um, <laughs> imagine there'd be more of us, more of me around. Right. So we're, we're, we're really self-critical. We're deprecating. Uh, I think, I think it's just a part of our nature, uh, to not be satisfied with ourselves and, and, really not even know how to be self-accepting mm. and to understand who we are. And so if we can't understand who we are, how can we possibly be comfortable being us? Oh, right. So, we, so if, if we're not comfortable, there's no way we can be authentic. So we end up walking into a situation. We're always guarded. We're always fearful or we're always on the take. I'm always trying to feel like, you know, feel the room and okay, who's, who's the person I can get the most out of, mm. or what's the situation? How can I, how can I promote myself or promote my interest or, or, you know, whatever. And, and so we, when we're that way, people into, we intuitively understand that we, we read somebody that, Ooh, that's not somebody I can trust, mm. you know, or I'm something's not right. I may, I may not know, you know, what it is, so, but, but I know it's there. And so that creates a barrier between us. And so we can't be vulnerable. We can't be transparent. We can't be frank. Mm. We we're we're always trying to do some kind of sort of social or political approach to things and situations and people. And it just, it's, it's awkward. Yeah. So it, it's, that's where authenticity breaks down. Oof. So I, I would define authenticity long answer to your question as being able to be uniquely you and to be comfortable in your own skin and really not be driven by uh, what the world or your environment or other people say about you. It's wow, not that's... to say that it's not to say that those things are not important, but they, right. they're not a driver for you to be you. Right. Wow. 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 That That is so good. You know, going back a few things that you said, kind of, I mean, a few things, you know, radars are going off. I think one of my shadow missions in life has always been I've, I've leaned on that self, uh, you know, deprecating humor. 
And, you know, as you think about that in the terms of how you just define that, I'm the only Jason Rates, like it's almost like one of those, I want to go, well, man, how dare you make, make fun of the only one of you, you know, because sometimes it's, it's been rocky right there. I mean, that just put it in a whole brand new perspective for me. That is powerful. Yeah. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, and the, the, this, uh, to inject this too, the, the flip side, this is not a binary thing. Hmm. So the flip side to that doesn't mean, okay, I'm, I'm everything, right? The world right. revolves around me. Like, <laughs> I'm great. I got no issues. Everybody else is, you know, if you don't like me, that's your problem, right? It's, right. That's not what that says. Um, the, I'm a lot of this book, and I need to say, say this at some point during our, our, you know, conversation today, a lot of this book is spiritual in nature. Mm. I have a ministry background. And, and so like, that's just frankly, the lens that I see the world through. Uh, and I'm not trying to project that on everybody and say that everybody needs to look at this, you know, look at themselves and look at the world this way. But I, I, I think it's helpful too. And I think, you know, not to be, you know, put us in a religious box or anything like that, but I think we're just spiritual beings. So mm. it's naturally, it's, it's natural for us to at least consider a spiritual side of this. So for me, the one of the uh, verses that is from the Bible that has been most meaningful to me comes out of Romans chapter 12 and it's it's it talks about humility and mm. not considering yourself it says it encourages us to consider yourself with sober judgment mm. uh, in humility so don't think of yourselves more highly than you should but that also doesn't mean like okay make yourself out to be a you know a worm <laughs> it's Right. It is, you know, one of the things Jesus said is, hey, love your neighbors yourself. It was it was his greatest commandment, commandment, mm -hmm. greatest, you know, task is love your neighbors yourself. Um, well, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And the second one is is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. Well, you you have to love yourself. If you're going to love your neighbor. Mm. Right. You can't you can't do one without the other. So. Right. Self-care, self-management, appreciating who you are. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, you don't need to keep working to be, to be your, the best version of yourself, but, but accept yourself the way you are yeah. and, and, and embrace that. And, and really with that mindset, you can find things that will be uniquely you. You can find ways to influence and, and partner and support and love and care for people and influence your world that are that are completely unique to you. Wow. 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 That's just that's just incredible. So as we kind of start this, you know, process of self-discovery, trying to better understand, you know, who we, you know, we want to be, the impact that we want to make, you know, where do we start when we're, you know, we're kind of getting to this process to to be able to do what you just talked about? Yeah, I think the the first is just awareness. Um of what's going on. I, I present in the book, um, what I see as our typical approach and I call it outside in the, that when we try to figure out who we are, we usually look to our world or our environment or other people to define us. Mm. So if, if, if we have friends that tell us, you know, we're really valuable or, or meaningful or, or successful or whatever, that we sort of take that to heart. Oh yeah, we're a success. If we have somebody that constantly bullies us or, you know, maybe a, a an unfortunate 
you know, dysfunctional parent situation where my dad always says, or my mom always says, you know, you'll never amount to anything. Are you always, are you never, we sort, we sort of define ourselves that way. If I hit a hole in one, man, I'm, I'm a success. Yep. If, if my business crashes, oh, I'm a failure. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so it's, it really creates this codependent mm. relationship with our environment and it's a recipe for disaster. So we can't be stable. And, and if you think of what, you know, Gen Z's and, and particularly millennials and, and, you know, generation alpha that's coming up soon, um, man, they're really struggling with this concept of identity and they're right. genuinely asking, you know, who am I, who am I supposed to be? Um, and the responses that they're getting or the resources they're getting in, in my view are just not helpful because they, they tell you, you can be all these different things and be right. all of them at the same time or neither or whatever. It, it's right. not, it's not really helpful. Doesn't, it doesn't help them understand who they uniquely are. Right. And, and then to build on that. So the alternative then is inside out. So really being clear on, on who you are and who you aspire to be, become and what is that path to become who you want to be look like and how can I operate from that foundation and influence my world rather than having my world influence me. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's so good. I mean, because so often leaders, we face the challenges when it comes to like balancing our own personal aspirations, our family, you know, raising a family, all that. And then we have the demands yep. of our roles, which, you know, we want to be able to do a great job or hit this or get this promotion. And so striking that balance is, you know, is so hard at times. So if we're able to, you know, yeah. know, know who we are from the inside or out, I mean, that, boy, that really does give us a leg up in that process. You know, any, any, any tips, any, you know, words of encouragement you give leaders who are, who are trying to strike that balance right now uh, and trying to figure that out? Yeah. A couple of things that have, have been meaningful to me is one, just the concept of work-life balance, like, throw that out the window, throw it as far <laughs> downwind as you can. Yes. Cause it's, it just doesn't make any sense. You automatically you're segmenting your life into two different roles, work and home. Mm. And so you're, you're, it, it invites this, I can be two different people in, in, you know, two places. So instead of work life balance, just, just look at balance, mm. just becoming aware of who I am, being comfortable with that. Um, and, and if I'm a manager, for instance, and I've got direct reports underneath me and I've got, you know, lots of responsibilities and, and I'm accountable for their performance, right? If instead of trying to control them and expecting them to, to do the work that will allow you to be a success, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is often the way the management role plays out. Um, you can be yourself. And understand that instead of controlling people, you can actually serve them uh. and, and you don't need to be their superior. You can actually be underneath them from a, maybe not from an org chart perspective, but from a influence perspective. Yes. And, and it allows you to be safe, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to say, Hey, you know, here's what I do really well yep. in our department. I don't do these other things well. And I want to partner with you 
and I can I can still influence you, even though I'm considering myself, you know, the servant leadership approach. Like I'm 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 trying to help you be successful, right? So yep. I'm I am now serving you. Uh, I can still influence you from underneath, so to speak, uh, in that role because I can now build a relationship with you and earn your trust and and help steer you and and guide you and resource you and partner with you so that I don't have to do it all. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so good. Uh, you know, it, it, got, it got me thinking to kind of changing the corner just a little bit, but yeah. you know, um, uh, you know, empathy is so incredibly important in our leadership, in our relationship with other people. It's just, it's just a crucial element. And yeah. one of the things we like to say at speak with people is when you speak at people, you know, typically, it, it, you know, you're kind of low on empathy, you know, but <laughs> what you just talked about, I mean, if we're going to serve up, we're going to serve down, we're going to help, you know, that way we, we've got to really, you know, have great empathy for people. How would you define empathy or how do you think of empathy? Because I think sometimes people think of it as a weakness, but, you know, I'd love to know your take on that. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that true? Like, where did that concept come from? Like who, who invented that idea that em being empathetic is, is weak. Right. Right. <clears throat> Doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -mm. So yeah, empathy is just, if, if you look at the root word, you know, the literal definition, it's having pathos, it's having feelings, having mm. understanding that the people that you, you work with and that you lead and manage that they're human beings Yeah, and they have, they have fears, they have joys, they have desires, they have interests, they have gifts, they have talents, many of which you probably don't have. Right. Um, they have passions, they have aspirations, yeah, right? Right. And, and they have good days and they have bad days, just like you. Yep. And so by better understanding yourself and being confident in your and more, you know, self-aware, of your own feelings and and just the reality of being a human yeah i i have found personally that helps me understand other people and mm. i don't i don't have this expectation that you know they should be able to operate at 100 percent capacity 24 7. yeah like i give them space and grace to have a bad day right and and you know i can still I can still challenge them, right? I can still hold them accountable to, to goals and, and things that they've committed to. I can still manage their performance. Uh, I, but at the same time, I can also encourage them. I can also believe in them. I right. can also provide hope and resources. And, and that's really what the best managers do. They, they set their people up for, for success. Yep. You know, as you're, success. Sorry. as you know, you're great. As you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, um, how, uh, it's so important to collaborate and, you know, be able to help others. You know, if we are going to get to that place where we want to be, you know, and, you know, we're striving for authenticity and, and vulnerability, boy, you know, to be able to collaborate and to, you know, really come alongside, you know, Dale Carnegie wrote about it, you know, a hundred years ago, right. And how to win friends and influence people. But the more you help other people succeed, it's crazy how it really does, you know, come back to you. Come back to you. <laughs> um, yeah. And so have you had any experiences uh, in your own journey 
or a time, uh, you know, a spot in your journey where that all clicked for you, where you went, wait a minute, you know, cause we probably all were young leaders at one point, you know, head down, you know, trying to build my own thing. And then, then the, you know, it, it happens. You're like, wait a minute, I need to, I need to help others. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious if there's a moment for you to, where that happened. Yeah. And I, I see this in my coaching as well. Um, that when, when, when you're early in your, in your career, you know, late, late twenties, early thirties, even into your forties, like you really, I see this, I'm saying this first person, but I see it in other people too. There's a real drive to succeed, really think it's about mm. you. And, and there's nothing, I don't, I'm not saying that disparagingly, right? Like you should, we should aspire to, to learn, to grow, to develop, yes. to, to leverage everything that we have, you know, to be good stewards of our talents and time and, and, and all those things. Yep. But there's a, there's sort of a youthful, um, naivete. I don't know what to call it. Um, lack of wisdom, maybe where, so it all depends on you. It all revolves around you. Like mm. you're the key and, and you know, everything, right? Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> The younger you are, you have that sense of like, I know everything. You can't, you can't yep. tell me, you know, something. I know it all. And then as you get older, you realize you don't. Um, but, but sort of as you, as you, if, if you can expand that and take yourself off the, out of the center of the universe and the universe doesn't revolve around you, so to speak. Yep. You begin to realize, and, and again, this goes back to being comfortable with yourself. Like you don't have to be everything because that's not the way we're designed to be right in the same, there, there's a, there's a healthy tension with this. Are you who you want to be? And, and you're the only you that will ever exist. Right. That has to be held in tension with everyone else is also unique. Mm. Yeah. And is, is the only version of themselves that the world will ever see. Yep. And we are really, we're communal beings. We're designed to collaborate. That's our, that's the original design. It's the the original intent. Uh, mm. and, and we only find our true selves when we collaborate with other people. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. My head is down cause I'm furiously writing some notes. I mean, that is, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's just gold to be able to figure mm -hmm. that out and to be able to, you know, uh, find that out. It kind of speaks into, uh, I can't remember who it is, but uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, they're always saying, you know, people don't, people follow leaders who are real, you know, leaders mm -hmm. who are vulnerable. And, you yep. know, you know, when you get to that place where you're, you're vulnerable enough to go, it's not just about me, you know, I've got to lead with others when, you know, when it comes to vulnerability, you know, any thoughts that you have on embracing vulnerability, you know, sometimes yeah. people are like, ah, oh, if I, if I embrace vulnerability, then they won't see me with authority. You know, what's that, what's that balance? Give give us some thoughts on that. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, the, the resistance to vulnerability is, is really fear driven mm. because we're afraid we, we're, we're, because we're not comfortable with ourselves. We don't know who we're supposed to be. We, we don't know which skin to crawl into, right? Yeah. And how to be comfortable in that skin. Um, we're really afraid of what people, you know, what people will think of us. Hmm. Uh, we're, 
we're afraid of getting ourselves in a situation where someone, you know, might judge us or, or think less of us. And so it comes down to really, you're putting yourself in a position to allow fear to dominate mm. your thinking mm. and to dominate your actions. And so that whole, even the desire for authority, like I, I, I'm promoting a, a pretty bold from a leadership standpoint. <clears throat> I think it's, I think it's bold. Um, it's, I, I think it's pretty rare, but that is like, take the positional authority in your job and throw it away. Mm. Like try for a week, try for a day to not lead or manage out of positional authority. In other words, I'm, because if I'm your manager, I'm not going to use my position over you to leverage your performance or, or your what what you do in your job and how you do it. Yep. Because ultimately, that that comes off at some point, even even as with the best of intentions and and lots of skill, it comes off as controlling mm -hmm. and and. Uh, I'm losing the word that I wanted to grab. Um, um, and limiting, like I'm, I'm limiting you to what oh, I yeah. can conceive of you, right? Yep. And I'm not really releasing you. I'm not, I'm not putting you in a position to to run and run free, right? And be creative and be right. yourself, right? I'm forcing you to operate within my frame of reference, you know, for you. So again, it's one of these, it's not a binary thing here. The alternative is not, you know, have no authority at all and have your direct reports tell you what to do. Mm. Right. <laughs> but it's the way I say it is, how would you influence this person? How would you, how would you influence your direct report if they didn't, if they weren't your direct report, if they didn't Ooh. have to do what you said, just because you were telling them to do it, mm. how would you go about influencing them? Well, I would need to know them. I would need to earn their trust. Yep. I would need to, you know, they would need to respect me. In other words, I would need to be competent. I would need to, you know, yep. know what I'm talking about. I would need to have wisdom so that, that they would perceive as wisdom and, and look at me more as a mentor than a manager. Right. Right. And, and that's really what leadership is. Leadership is influence. It's not control or power. Mm. It's, yeah. it's influence. And so again, it goes back to if I know who I am and I'm comfortable and I'm not afraid to give you space to operate and figure out how can I relate to you in such a way that you really trust me and will, will take my insight or, or guidance or wisdom to heart, man, wow. who, who wouldn't want to work for a manager right. that, that allowed them, right? Right. That, that kind of environment, like every day of the week and on Sunday, yep. I'd work all the time yep. for somebody like that. Yep. Right. Yep. That's, that's the kind of place we want to get to in my view yep. in, in leading. Cause it's truly collaborative. It's truly servant oriented. It's truly yep. helping people accomplish everything that they want to accomplish and not everything that I want them to accomplish. Exactly. Yeah. My world was blown away in that respect. Years ago, I, I worked on an MBA and in one of our classes, uh, the professor had us read Daniel Goleman's primal leadership yeah. and it just, 
you know, it just blew me away. Wait a minute. Leaders don't lead out of fear and authority and control if they right. actually tap into people's positive emotions. So exactly what you were just saying, my last role, I had quite a few millennial uh, folks that reported to me. And I don't know if it was just because of the context we were in, but it seemed like they were all in the same age group and they all just cared so much about that next title. You know, someday I want to be that title instead of what you're talking about, just being who you are, doing the absolute, you know, best that you can in that role. And instead of striving for that next leg up, you know, and fighting and clawing and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you know, just leading with yeah. that authenticity, authenticity and being who you are, who it's such a struggle. And it's going to be interesting yeah, as is. these, you know, younger generations come up, you know, I have kids that are in the Gen Z category and, you know, it's kind of unheard of, you know, that I tell them stories of, you know, people worked in a company for 20 years before they, you know, got to a certain place, you know. So it's really going to be it's really going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating to watch these right. next generations, especially lead. It is, it is yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, this has already been so rich. I want to ask you just a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. You know, is there sure. any other any other steps leaders can take in an ongoing process as they're, you know, striving towards, you know, becoming the leader they want to be? Any other steps that are, you know, important to this process? Yeah, I think um you know, one of the, one of the things I believe really strongly in in terms of, of leadership coaching is really focusing on behavior. Mm. Um, we 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 tend to consume leadership resources like methods, and mm. so we know this method, or we know this approach, or I know that leader, or I know what you know. Seth Godin says, or Simon Sinek says, or, you know, right. Patrick Lencioni. And I know I can, I can tell you the, you know, the five steps to dysfunction in a team, like all of that. And, and we believe that because we know it, that we actually do it. Mm. And that not only is that not often the case, it's usually not the case that we have, Ultimately, our, our whatever we really believe about leadership shows up in our behavior, and mm -hmm. we just have behavioral blind spots. We don't realize the the body language we give off, or the the gaps in our our disciplines, yep. or the way we make decisions not being consistent. Like, yep. like there's so many dimensions of of leading and managing that our behavioral people just don't know. So. Um, so I would, and that's where I like to begin mm. with, with coaching because it exposes blind spots. And, and once you expose them, once you shine a light on them, then, then it, we have to get to the step of, okay, what's my intention and why yep. is that, why is that not showing up? And, and why is the thing that I really want to do not showing up as in terms of my behavior is the very thing I don't want to do, you know? Yeah. So we've got some assessments. I won't, I won't dig into it too much here, but we got some assessments and tools and processes that um, help leaders uh, understand that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if, if there are any of those that you want to link, uh, we'll make sure we put those in the show notes and, you know, okay. let our listeners, cause those would be uh, fantastic. Last question, any last, you know, key takeaway piece of advice, you know, as listeners are like starting this journey. I mean, I, I know for me, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, 
uh, you know, even a couple of things that you talked about for me, I'm like, okay, I, I've no, I've needed to address those, you know, so it's a good reminder, but any other, you know, the, the just the last take ad, advice on this would be great. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I'd say two things. One, it's, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an overnight thing. As you begin this process, it, it's, it's something you have to step into. And then as you step toward it, you, you see it more clearly, but then you also see additional steps to take. And so yep. just have that expectation of it's, it's a journey and it can be a wonderful kind of scary, uh, kind of awkward. You're off, you'll be off the edge of your map. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no yeah. pin drop on a Google, you know, maps thing out there. It's <laughs> right. just something you have to just walk out. Uh, and then the other thing is involve other people. Like we, we can help each other understand who we are. Mm. And I don't mean that in the sense of, okay, I need you to tell me who I am. But, but if I'm in a group of trusted relationships where there's genuine love and support and accountability, they can be a sounding board to saying, Hey, here's who I think I'm really wanting to be. And, mm. and it's becoming clearer and clearer. How can I get there? Yep. Um, yep. And, and just that kind of feedback and that kind of um, support is just absolutely essential. Incredible. Incredible. Well, you've given us, I mean, just leadership gold here. And so before mm. I let you go, uh, it's just some rapid fire questions. Our okay. listeners can kind of keep getting to know you. So, uh, because we do talk a lot about communication on the podcast, uh, do you have a favorite communicator, a speaker, you know, someone that you're just like, Ooh. love to turn, love to turn to that one. Wow. I would say there's a, there's a handful, I think, but the one that probably rises to the top for me is probably Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think, one, just because he, he talks about stuff that nobody else is talking about, or when yep. he talks about them, they're, they're, you know, they're revolutionary. And then everybody starts talking about them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but he seems to be willing to, there's a, there's a courage in, in what he says and how he says it. Mm. And it's really, there's a profoundness and, and a profound simplicity, like, oh, dang, of course. Right. Like we've been, we've been overcomplicating this, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so I just, I think he's brilliant at, and the way he presents it and the very, I, he's, he appears to me to be somebody who's really comfortable in his own skin. Mm. Like he knows who he knows yeah. who he wants to be. I love that. Uh, to go along with that, is there a, a podcast, either, you know, leadership growth or guilty pleasure, you know, that you just love <laughs> that, like, you know, like it just fills you up. <laughs> well, okay. Um, Aside from my uh, Arkansas Razorbacks Whole Hog Sports uh, <laughs> podcast that I consume probably way too often, mm-hmm. um, I would say uh, Council Culture by Eric Brooker. Mm. Um, he's just one. He's just a really great guy um, who, who in, in conversation with him, it's very clear he's going on this identity journey and and has sort of gone, come through some situations that have really forced him to be comfortable with himself mm. and, and be the yeah. best version of himself. That's his, you'll, you'll hear him say that statement, be the best version of himself. Um, and two, he's just really skilled. Like he's mm. just so good. It's yeah. just, it's a pleasure to hear him 
hear him talk and he's got that radio voice and all that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Last question, throw you for a little loop on this one, but you've okay. lived in you know, different parts of the country. And now we both live in, in a great part of the country in Florida. Uh, what's your favorite, you know, you know, favorite spot that you just go away to. That's just gorgeous Ooh. and wonderful. Is there kind of like a little insider look to, you know, the Tampa St. Pete's area that, you know, <laughs> um, so I would say, um, Rocky mountain national park in the summer. Mm. <laughs> I've okay. never been there in the winter and I, I doubt that I'll ever go in the winter, but it's just a favorite, um, spot. My computer, um, what do you call it? The, the screen, the background screen. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, your displayer. Yeah. Yeah. They're all pictures of Rocky mountain. I'm looking at long's peak, you know, here as I, as, as we sit here and talk. <laughs> That's gorgeous. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Damien, for being on the podcast. Uh, before I let you go, tell us where people can find you. What's the best place to go find information about your book and your other books and those kind of things. Yeah. Thanks for asking. You can go to DamienGurk.com and there's a, there's a webpage there. I mean, there's a, yeah, one of the webpages there on the site is, are you who you want to be? You can purchase from there. Um, you can also, um, you'll be able to find the books on, on Amazon and then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So we'd love to connect. That's probably the easiest way to connect through me. Okay. Connect with me is through uh, LinkedIn. Okay. And we'll make sure we post all of those. We'll put those in the show notes. And when we put a post in the uh, Speak With People Facebook group, we'll be putting the links to your book and excited for uh, people to get them. Thank you again. And it's just great to have you on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jason. It's been a privilege. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us on the Speak With People podcast. We are just so excited that you are part of this uh, growing community for people who really want to improve their communication skills. Our communication is our currency and it's just powerful, especially, especially like we learned today to make sure that we are healthy on the inside uh, because it really will come uh, to the out. Well, hey, uh, before I let you go, just a few things. Um, uh, does your team struggle with communication? Like is, is the communication culture of your company organization just oh, the staff morale's down, maybe productivity's just you know going down, they're having a tough time retaining people. Well, Speak With People offers a healthy communication skills workshop. We do it in virtually, it could be in a half hour, it could be in in-person from one hour to a half day to a full day. But I would love to come into your company and walk you through how your team can just win with communicating with each other, communicating with clients and do it in a healthy way where you really will see the exact opposite of some of those negative things. Staff morale will go through the roof, productivity, client relationships will deepen. Just go to speakwithpeople.com slash training. You can get all the information for that. Thank you again for being a part of this podcast. We hope that our time today encouraged and challenged you to elevate the importance of practice of healthy communication in your life. We hope that you'll speak with people and not at them. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks.